Philadelphia Sports Radio, and I was sitting there, and, and, and Joanne said, hey, are you ready for tomorrow's show? And I said, well, yeah, I'm always ready for the show because I do my research the day before so I can go out and have a few cocktails the night before. And, uh, and it's funny that I say that because my guest today is, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm giving out the obligatory Patrick O'Sullivan uh, uh, call out because we're going to talk about Patrick because it, it, you guys know it was, it was Patrick was like, every week I, I call him out on my show and because everyone knew him like uh, Lily Holloman, uh, Joey Dallow, all these people know him. And I joke around with Pat whenever I have a guest, I send him a message on Facebook and my guest Joe, Joe Nieves was in a play with Patrick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Fluffy Bunnies in a Field of Daisies. Uh, ran at a uh, small theater on Cahuenga Boulevard in Hollywood for a few years, actually. Uh, did really well. It was a lot of fun. Double cast, uh, comedy, uh, written by a gentleman named Matt Chafee. Um, and we just had a blast. And that's where I met Trick Sully, as I used to call him. Trick Sully, yeah, Trick Sully. That, 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 that's his, uh, his, his Twitter name. There you go. And Patrick is the nicest guy. Actually, I, I, I do crappy comedy, and Patrick came by and did the show. And, uh, you know, Patrick. Patrick, he, he, it's so funny because I see him on uh, the Neighbors, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I don't. I don't really watch the show. I only watch because of him. But uh, but 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 so so. But you met him in a production on here. Yes, yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, you know, I can never remember his name. Oh, Sullivan. It was just. Uh, it, it, I would just throw any Irish name at him. It fits Patrick. Fitz Sullivan. Uh, uh, anything else I could think of that was Irish, I would call him. But not O'Sullivan. It just never stuck in my head. Well, you got the Nets hat on, which I'm, I'm guessing you're a Nets fan, and, and as I'm a Sixers fan, and I think as the Nets, and you should have lost the Raptors, but you guys came through, and which is great. But you, you're from Brooklyn, yes. And so now, now, I want to ask you this: How does a kid from Brooklyn get into acting? Because because you always think like my girlfriend, the lovely Joanne's from Staten Island, but she moved okay. to New Jersey, and her mom is an interior designer, which is weird. And, she didn't know she moved out. But in Brooklyn, and, and what I get is, and, and, you, and you're what, 32, 33? I wish, 40. Okay, so you're 40. Yeah. So, so, so you're a little bit older. So, so I went to school. I grew up in South Jersey and in Cherry Hill, but it's all Jews. And so we, we sit there and we, go, we, we, we have our thing. But in Brooklyn, and what I knew as a kid, and when I did stand-up comedy, I would go to Staten Island, I would go to Brooklyn, I would play clubs, I would play in the pips and sure. like that. Yeah. How does a kid, and when you're a little kid, did you know you wanted to be an actor, or, or how did it happen? Absolutely not. Uh, so, as a kid, I was I was I was an athlete. Uh, what did you play? I, I played uh, predominantly football. Okay, uh, but I played running baseball. Back? Were you running no, back? I was an outside linebacker okay. slash tight end. I, I was a better receiver than I was a, a defensive player, but I liked I liked to hit. I okay. liked to tackle. Um, so I always thought that I would be a pro athlete. Of course, which is such a. Which well, it's weird though, because you know what's funny about that? I guess it goes where I grew up. It was no one thought they'd be pro, and it's because most, like I said, I grew up in Georgetown. We all we thought to be a lawyer or a doctor, <laughs> but you, as a kid, you thought you'd be a pro athlete. Were you, were you that good, no, or you, you just had delusions? Yeah, no, I was delusions, absolutely. I, you know, I was, was I was I the best kid at my position on my team? Yeah. Maybe a best kid in the league, maybe yeah, and Pop Warner. But then you get into college. No Division One schools were looking at me. Uh, I played Division Three at, at Fairleigh Dickinson University in New Jersey. Fairleigh Dickinson. Is, 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 that's up in Orange. No, it's up uh, Montclair. That, well, there's a bunch of different campuses. I, I was at the Madison campus. I think there's a Rutherford campus, and there's another. I don't even know where Madison is. I, I grew up in New Jersey. <laughs> I, I went to school. Madison's like is that near New Brunswick or where the hell is that? I don't know New Brunswick. Is. But you, it's, you, it's you play Jersey. football there. So Absolutely. It's no. Did Jersey. you get a scholarship? <clears throat> no, it's Division. Three, they can't but you, you played college football, yeah, so that's awesome. 
awesome. Yeah, that's no, awesome. Great. It doesn't it make a difference yeah. what division is. I, yeah. I played. We we had we had no football in my in my school. It's no lie. I did the Rick Springfield air guitar, and I became a, I became a, a rock star in my college. <laughs> in fact, my mom just sent I, my mom had sent me a, a, a book of all these old clippings, and I found one where I was like. Yeah, they said Steve Cooper brought him to a fervor pitch. Wow, um, and I was a like, fervor pitch. Yeah, fervor, not fever pitch, <laughs> a fervor. And I said, well, who, who's this journalist? So you played football. I did. Were you good in college? Well, I, I never had the opportunity. You know, even in Division Three, that's when I realized. Even in Division Three, these kids were monsters, and they were all taking steroids. And I was like, I got no shot. And you're uh, forty, so steroids were big back then. Absolutely, and it, it, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just what you no, did. No, yeah, you were encouraged. You'd play if you took steroids. Yeah, absolutely. The coaches didn't say that, but that's what happened. Um, so it was a terrible team. I think two and seven. I went freshman year. I failed out because I was out of home for the out of my house for the first time, partying so, like crazy. So you, you lived on campus. I lived on campus for one year, and then well, I went it's home. so it's so funny when you live on campus. And, and when my freshman year, I mean, all I did was drink and get laid. Yeah. I got a one point seven five, and then my parents said, "We're paying for your college. You got to work it up." Then I got a three point oh. You did. I still, I still got you. drunk and got Good laid. For you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you 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 failed out. I failed out. I failed out. Uh, I went back to Brooklyn. Uh, while I was at Fairleigh Dickinson, I I uh, I took an acting class just to for the for the hell of it. Because uh, the chicks. Exactly. Exactly. But did, uh, did did what, what gravitated you towards it? Because this is your life now, and you've been very successful. What gravitated you towards the acting class? What made you sit there in your head and go, I want to act? Was there any certain thing that you said, this can be my career? Or what made you take that class? There's a couple of things. First of all, I did the same thing in high school. I, I did the school musical because I, uh, I went to an all-boys Jesuit uh, high school in Brooklyn, New York called Zavarian High School. It was all boys. We had sister schools. Okay. The only thing, the only time you'd meet girls would be if you did a play or if you went to a dance or whatever. Uh, so I did the, the musicals at Zavarian, and, uh, and I had a good time doing it. It was fun. Met girls. Did the same thing in college. Went to the acting class. Well, Honorati said the thing that they, they, they did it to meet chicks. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, when I when I played football, I got a certain rush from tackling people, from making a. That's I loved hitting people. I got a big rush out of that. When I realized I wasn't going to go any further in my career, and I took this acting class, uh, I get on stage and I get that same rush. So I was like, oh, okay, this is something else I could do. So you get the high, you get, you get the high, get on there because because yeah. it's it's like with comedy, we we sit there and we go, oh wow, you know. So so you got the high, yeah, doing it, but you're but you're 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 just a kid, yeah. You're you're a football kid, yeah. Taking acting, which people aren't going to take you serious. And I'll honestly, no offense to you, but yeah. Back then, when you were in college, they probably thought, oh, it's just, they thought you were some log getting credits, yeah. So you take the class, and and you love it, you love acting. Mm -hmm. So then, what do you do? So. At that time, my job, my, one of my many jobs, I was selling vacuums door to door in Long Island. God, it's easy. I, I, I sold cut, I sold Cutco uh, knives. Did you? And I, I sold it for one day, and the guy we used to beat up, he, he was like the uh, the king of Cutco. And I mean, he was giving a speech. I go, I remember writing marks. So you were selling vacuums, selling Kirby vacuums door to door, which was like it was like a, it was like a, this weird cult. But that's vacuum. the best. That's oh the best acting God, experience absolutely. ever. I have, I have a script about it that I'd love. To, I'm trying to sell about selling out Kirby <laughs> vacuums. It was this weird, like, oh my God, terrible people, terrible people. Like I was in people's houses taking their last thirteen hundred thirteen hundred dollars for a vacuum in 1994. You know, it's it's, it's so on. funny. I, I bitched the other day because I got a vacuum, and it's so funny. Before the lovely Joanne moved out here, I got a vacuum, and uh, so I started to clean the place. But then, I, then I called cleaning people. 
and all of a sudden she moves out and, and, and she's moving out and she she comes she's living with me and she's vacuuming she goes this vacuum sucks and I go it, it's only been used once the cleaning people and I go so I had to go buy a new vacuum but we bought a kick ass vacuum for like 75 bucks yeah. $1300 $1300 $1300 how okay okay I'm gonna put you on the spot yeah cause you're, you're a big time actor give me your pitch right now tell me oh, tell I me if, I no, but no no as an actor improv yeah, and say absolutely. I'll go well I, I here, here's my here's my thing uh we're reading. Uh, I sort of like the vacuum. I don't know if I need it. Uh, well, first of all, sir, we we I'm going to give you that free lug, the free rug cleaning that you wanted. I'm going to do that for you. I'm going to clean your rug. It's going to be beautiful. But first, I need you to to uh, to watch me do this little demonstration with this vacuum. The company makes me do this. Just let me do this for you, and then you'll see. You know, you don't have to buy it. You don't have to. You know, just just let me do it. Be a half hour, and then you, your house will be spotless. So the vacuum comes out. Uh, really, it's all blah 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 until until the salt test and the mattress test. So the salt test is I dump a bunch of salt on the rug, and they're like, "Oh, what are you doing? You just threw salt on my rug." And I'm like, "Don't worry about it. Watch this. Let me give. Let me have your vacuum first. So I use their vacuum. Say it looks clean, right? They're like, "Yeah. See, my vacuum did the trick." I'm like, "Uh, uh." I take the Kirby out. You're a huckster. That's what my mom was saying. You're a huckster. I was. I felt terrible about okay, it. I'm yeah. going to interrupt this. But, but so, so you're doing that. Mm -hmm. Now, are you, are you getting your acting chops there? Is this, at this point, you say. Probably. You say, so what made you become an actor? So my brother moved out here to be a writer. My brother's a playwright. He's moved a writer. Out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, you were still selling vacuums. I was still in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But no, no. I just, I, I'm I just glad you interrupted but me. But no, because <laughs> but that's great. Because I can just see you. And you have such the accent. And, and only people, only in Brooklyn, that they'll sit there and they'll be like, yeah, so uh, <laughs> you want a vacuum? It's like if I grew up in a Jewish town, I'd be like, yeah, my shoe, And uh, but so, so you were sitting there, and, and you you were on a dead-end street. You you yeah. weren't happy. Yeah. But but what came in your heart at some point you said you'd be an actor? Was your brother moving out here to be a writer? Moved or? out to be a writer. Moved out to be a writer. But did you think sit there and go, I want to be an actor, or you just said, I'm, no. I'm going to L.A.? You know, it's it's... I had a very high opinion of myself when I was younger. Uh, it's been diminished from uh, from but the. No, uh, but you're very successful now. Yes, you're, 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 still, but, there's still always a lot of rejection for everybody when you come yeah. out here. You know what I mean? It's been 20 so, years. I've been so here 20 years. You yeah. were a prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm good looking enough. I'm. Uh, I'm. 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 I used to say that, enough. but I'm yeah. cross-eyed. So, but I always got hot days. I'll show you a picture <laughs> of my girlfriend. My girlfriend's yeah. beautiful. But uh, so, so you sat there. But so you, you were a cocky kid in, yeah. in in Brooklyn. Yeah. And you said, I'm gonna be an actor. Did you think you were coming out being a leading man? Did you? I did. Okay. That's a good question. That's because I talk to a lot of my students about this. A lot of people I know who could you teach, here. which yes. is great. So, yeah, because yeah. you know, and I, 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 I want to real quick here. And uh, Ken Lerner was on, who's who's a uh, been in a lot of commercials. Mm -hmm. And you know, you know Ken Lerner. I'm sure he I played. He was in the Malachi Brothers of Happy Days. Oh yeah, of course. And Malachi Crunch. I, I, yeah, and I always sit there and I, like people like you and Ken who taught teach acting. I always respect, but it's always the people that I don't respect is the people who. Well, the teacher teachers I respect to mm -hmm. like Strasberg and all because mm -hmm. that's what they they, they never right. want to be actors. They want to teach. I don't respect Sid Field the screenplay, but I never re respect like Richard Klein who was it was Larry on, on Three's Company that they teach a class and I go well if 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 you knew so much about acting, you get a part. It's it's like Honorati and Abruzzo, all those guys took classes from 
teachers. Uh-huh. You teach. Well, you have a very successful career. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been a medalist. You've been on how many? You work. You mm-hmm. constantly work. So I can see taking a class from you, but when these guys who sit there and did a show in nineteen freaking seventy eight, and they teach, and as a teacher, it must piss you off because it it, it doesn't it doesn't give a teacher credo. I got to tell you something. I love Larry Dallas. I love Richard Klein. I love Three's Company. I love it too, but I'm not going to take an acting class from him. My wife took his class. My wife took his class probably ten years ago, fifteen years ago. And, what, and did your wife act? Now she's a third grade teacher. No, exactly. <laughs> she's, she's not. Good. She's not. Good. That was a choice. That was she wanted to do something productive. Yeah, but yeah. the thing is, when you sit there and when you come out here, people make a choice. So when you came out here, and you want to be an actor, and your brother's writing, now you come out here, and you. Do you say I'm going to be an actor, or what? What what happens when you come out? So I come out, and again, I came. This this is all. So I came out to visit my brother. I still didn't know what I was doing. I came out to visit my brother. Um, And And you're 22 at 21 years old. 21 years old. Yeah. Um, And I wound up getting a job at Borders Music in UCLA. I wound up staying for a couple of months. Now, where where did your brother live? My brother lived uh, in West Hollywood. Okay. Straight male. Yeah, which is, uh, people, if you don't know, West Hollywood is, yeah. is the gayest town around. Like, me and my ex-wife lived in uh, Westwood, which sucked. Probably because she's a... <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no, but so so you live in West Hollywood. Lived in West Hollywood. But you're West local to everything. What's that? You're local. Yes. But yes, how did absolutely. you get a job at Borders? I mean, so I used to work at Borders in Long Island. Okay. Right at, before the... Uh, before the uh, Vacuum selling. Right. Uh, so I knew somebody to make a phone call to Borders in Westwood by UCLA. Um, and I got the job there. Okay. So I was making whatever, $10, $12 an hour work at the music store. Um, uh, some dude comes in and, oh, what are you out here? You're an actor? I was like, no. Well, I teach, I'm at this acting school, the Beverly Hills Playhouse. Um, John Travolta told me about it. Uh, blah blah blah. You should check it out. And I was like, all right, you know what? Let me check it out. I had seen Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. I forget Glenn Gary Glenn Ross and a movie called Laws of Gravity. You know, a movie called Laws of Gravity. Tiny, tiny, tiny. It's. Movie. Uh, it, I, I think it is from the same. Is, is it Mammoth or is it Elliot Easton? No, no. It's, it's neither. Laws of Gravity was in the '90s. Uh, Nick Gomez directed it, and it's got Peter Green. You know, Peter Green, incredible character. Peter, Peter Green, who was was in. Um, he was in. Uh, um, Usual suspects. Yeah, but he mask. was also in. Um, God, I can't. Jerry Stahl wrote Permanent Midnight. Yes. Yeah, because yes. Jerry Jerry was on my show. I saw that. And yeah, he, yeah. he was he was the uh, the 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 drug. Dealer. I saw him one day at uh, years ago before we could even watch football anywhere before it was so big. Like it was only certain bars. I used, I used to live in Hollywood. I, I saw him at uh, Barney's. Barney's Beanery. Beanery. Yeah, because yeah. he hangs out there. I think. Yeah. Do you know him? I don't know him. No, he was he was incredible. I want to get him on my show. He's such Ooh. a great actor. He's 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 one of those he's one of those dark actors. Yeah. that's just so good. Yeah. Well, his his apparently his personal life is pretty uh, dark. Insane. Yeah. 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 That's um, great. Yeah. And it, but but his uh, probably one of the best actors around when he's when so, he's right. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's a movie called Laws of Gravity that he's in, and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I saw those two movies in the late 90s, and I was, that's it was kind of inspiring for me. I was like, I, I want to do this. I mean, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Uh, well, what, 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 what character did you associate with Glenn Gary when you sat there? Because I, I, I did a, uh, my friend Tom Choi, who's on, uh, actually, it's so funny, I love Tom. He's, he's on uh, Team Wolf now. Mm. And I, I was, me and, I, I was in a play for him one scene and I played Shelly the Machine. Did you? 
in in Glengarry. Yeah. Well, but I was like, and he said, you, you talked too much with your hands, but the people loved you. But what what character made you sit there and go, I want to act? Was was it the Pacino character? In the it movie was the or? Ricky Roma character. Yeah, okay. the Ricky Roma character. And you know, and, and Alec Baldwin is so good in the movie. Uh, but when you watched it, what made you sit there and go, I want to act? I don't know. It was, was, just, was it was just inspiring. Whole this guy, I just wanted to do it. I wanted to do what they were doing. Yeah, I wanted to communicate. I wanted to express. I, I, I wanted to affect people like they were affecting me. You know what I mean? That's what I wanted to do. I mean, I went, when, it, when, it, when I figured out why this is something that I was passionate about, it was because I want to affect people. Um, I, I want to do what, what young Pacino did for me. I want to do what... what uh, I want people to either... To not be indifferent when they see what I'm doing. To either love it or hate it. I want to I want to play people who who aren't black and white. I want to I want to add human characteristics to bad guys. I want to add bad characteristics to good guys. I want to create full people. That's 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 what I want to do. So but so you're out here and and, and you're you're a kid. You're 22 at the time. And see so you, you see this movie and it inspires you. Mm. So then what do you do? How do you how do you right. sit there and go, "Okay, I'm going to be an actor cuz I mean, I, I'm looking at your credits and you you were in the x-files you're in uh arliss which i loved arliss yeah. i thought arliss was a great show yeah. how do you sit there as, as as a kid actor you're 22 you're a kid from new york and there's there's a shitload of kids from new york yeah to be honest. yeah but you know you know you know but what person you're are you italian or latino i'm half italian half puerto rican okay because yeah. nieves it, it sounds latino which, yes, puerto which rican, back then back then there wasn't a lot of latino actors mm -hmm. so you come out here and you're sitting there, and you you see Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. What makes you sit there and go? What 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 avenue do you take to start working on your career, which is so good? It's it's again. I'm I'm glad I had this this ignorant confidence, uh, thinking that I could you know thinking I could be on the cover of Esquire at some point or or, or GQ and that. And thinking that I, I was on the cover of Tiger Beat. There you go. Then. See, yeah, there back is. when I was on Tiger Beat, I had all these uh, nineteen-year-olds running. Oh God, it was awful being a teen, being a teen idol like I was when I did comedy in Philadelphia. I was a, I, actually I was the teen idol of comedy in Philadelphia. Very nice, very and, nice. Uh, and I was on the cover of uh, Nothing. But tell me about. It. Tell me, so, 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 you, so you have this, you have this air of confidence. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's, it's funny because now you're, you're so you're, you seem so humble and very nice. But I'm sure when you go into an audition, you have that confidence. I do. But I do. back then, you're probably a dick. I I thought there was there's a kid named uh, you mentioned. We spoke before. We talked about Castle a little bit. Um, there's a kid on that show. A kid, we're four John years Huertas. old now. John Huertas, absolutely. Who I did a Spanish language Burger King commercial with the first year I moved out here. We were both 21, 22 years old. Okay. And so our careers, we were always in the same audition rooms all the time. So, okay, we always, so yeah. that's right, because 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 yeah. there's not a lot of Tinos back then. Now they're everywhere, but back then it was probably you, Huertas. And it's me, John Huertas, a kid, a kid named Lombardo Boyar. Uh, uh, there's, there's like five or six of us that are always. So you guys, one of you get the show, and one of you don't. Right. So Huertas came out of a room once, and I, 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 he came out, and it was an NYPD Blue audition. Uh, and I think he came out and he just looked at everybody and gave everybody the finger and walked out. <laughs> and I was like, that? I was like, that's pretty, that's pretty effing cool what he just did. <laughs> that's, he's like, was I, I got it. was a sense of humor, but I, I mean, it was still, it was kind of imposing, kind of intimidating. This oh, yeah, kid walked out and it was like, yeah. I just nailed that and walked out. But but no, when you came out here, though, when you come out here and, and before you, you run into Herantas, Huertas, whatever his name is, what made you, how'd you get an agent? What, so, what happened? So I followed this guy's advice at Borders. I went to the Beverly Hills Playhouse. Beverly Hills Playhouse, familiar with it? I, I know of it. 
there's a lot, you know, people, there's a, there's a. Ari Gross has, has been a, a guest. He's, he's been involved in it. A lot of people don't like the school because it's, it's linking to Scientology. Milton Catellus was a big Scientologist. A lot of teachers are, are you a Scientologist? I'm not, I'm not. Okay. No, and a lot of people aren't there, but there's, there's. I am. You are. There no, you go. I'm not. There you go. <laughs> um, so, I want to be Jew. So I go, I go to play, the Playhouse, and my teachers there are amazing. Uh, uh, Gary Imhoff, uh, 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 Al Mancini, who was Al Mancini is this great little Italian character actor who you've seen a million times. He's he's, he's passed on since, but he was in a. a Miller's Crossing. He played okay. Tic Tac. Well, great. John Polito was just on last week. Who was in Miller's Crossing? Yeah, and, and, certainly and, was. And, and, and anyone who's in a in a Coen Brothers yeah. movie is a great yeah. actor. Yeah. You, yeah, that's you're the chops. And he was in the Dirty Dozen, which I had to also. Wow. But uh, so him and Jeffrey Tambor, who's my all time favorite teacher. That I've I love had. Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah. Jeff, Jeffrey Tambor is honestly one of the best comedic actors, mm-hmm. from Larry Sanders to uh, to. Um, Arrested Development. Yeah, he's he's one of the best. Yeah, he, he's hands down the most underrated actor. He's like the Nets. Yeah, he, he's he's like because because people he's wearing a Nets hat and I hate <laughs> as we call the Nets the Celtics, and I hate Boston, so I'm gonna hate the Nets. <laughs> but so you go, you go so you Tambor go. was my teacher, uh, and I went. Thankfully, I had that ignorant confidence to, to give me the balls to come out and do this, but but that's where I really honed it. And because I, I, I was a bad actor when I came out here, I was a terrible actor. But you weren't you weren't trying to act though. No, but once I started to, once I decided to, I was a bad actor, uh, and then I took it seriously. Um, and I think these teachers had a great deal to do with that. Now now at the Playhouse, at the Beverly Hills Playhouse, they always encouraged uh, working more than other acting schools. They always make you create these groups with each other where that if you can help this person meet this person there's a lot of schmoozing that goes on there networking that helps the the students there get acting jobs so that's really what got me started off was the the teaching over there um but yeah first gig was uh first big gig was was uh, on BET on a series over there uh which was uh which was fun playing the token latino no uh, no you done commercials I've done a lot of commercials so yeah. so so you sat there and it's funny cuz i i I go for every once in a while. I just at my agent, mm-hmm. and I, I audition. They only check. I play the creepy old guy in a Calvin Harris video, <laughs> which is weird. But uh, for commercials, it doesn't really stretch your acting skills. But but you did them, and and you you nailed a few. Were, were you the 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 Latino guy, the Mexican guy? With- I think I think I cast well in commercials because they uh, they always th- I think they thought of me as as Latino who's accessible to the white community or the white guy who's accessible to the Latino community. Uh, did that bother you at all? Or you a little s- bit? You little s- bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. But but the thing is, for me, it's like I mean, for me, I get when they say bald, and I I, I I've been going back to uh, some uh, my, my 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 I thought my phone was down low. I've been I've, I've been going back to some. Uh, comics and I and I always said some people bitch about people making fat jokes mm-hmm. and I go well making a fat joke is just like you know honestly making a uh, a uh, bald joke sure bald people can have it but for you so you were offended by the Latino thing nah, but they were they, they, they were giving, they were giving you a lot of cash yeah so yeah. you get a national commercial. I mean, shit. If someone said to me, "Hey, Steve, act like a monkey. We're gonna give you," and you're probably making twenty five thousand a year off those, maybe more, off those commercials, I'd be like, "Hey, I'll be a Latino." And the, yeah, there, there's an assumption also because my last name. Like, I'll go to auditions and they'll and be yeah, like, "Because right, it is because because talking to you and it, it, it's just the principle. You, you look you look more like an Italian, right? 
Then, but yet, when you have Italian, but Nieves, yeah. but that that gets you in the door, though. So it couldn't be that it does. bad. It does. And there was there was one example I remember J.C. Penny commercial edition when I first came out here, and they they assumed because of my last name that I spoke Spanish, and they wanted you to improvise during the audition. So uh, you're supposed to be a, a, a family, uh, the son, the father, and the mother. I was like 21, 22 years old, so I was the son. And you're supposed to be trying on clothes and talking to each other about it. And in Spanish, though, and I don't speak any Spanish. So when they asked me to improvise, I just looked in the mirror and looked at myself and said, Ah, Antonio Banderas. <laughs> and that was all I said. So, so, so you got them. So you started getting commercials. Yeah, I got some commercials. And you're working. Got some commercials. And then you get the Blackberry in and you get the artless. That's right. That's right. Now, now, how is that as, as, as you're a kid? And I always, I always ask people about their first audition. And I know from mine, you know, because I did comedy, so I wasn't thinking. But you go into an audition for like the artless, let's say. Mm. Now you had a few, a few things under your belt, but when they sit there and they go, are, they, are you nervous, or, 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 or do you sit there and go, this is TV because you have commercials, so you're yeah. used to the shoot, and it's 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 funny, it's it's different, it's so funny that it episodic will pay less than a commercial, yeah, which is amazing, but people worry about the episodic that commercial. Right, I, I, have, I have a friend Steve Neal who did a Dodge Durango commercial, and he made so much freaking money. Sure, Chip Cherry made so much money. You going? Are, are you nervous because you already have commercials, or what, what's up? Ah, uh, God, uh, you know what? I, I get excited, more excited than nervous. I guess it's the same kind of feeling, but. I like. I want to go in there. I want to get in there and show them. I, I, it's, again, it's this ignorant confidence that I have that it's like I want to get in there and show them what I could do. You know, I want to show them why I'm different. I want to, which is the important thing. Is is really what you want to do in an audition, is you want to establish yourself different from what everybody else is doing. Because ninety percent of the guys are good actors, but they're going to go in there and do the same thing as each other. I want to. And, and you, you have a certain look. You're 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 six two. You're a good looking guy. You're going to go in. It's like me when when I. It's funny for me when I go to auditions. It's like the creepy guy. <laughs> I'm actually a good-looking guy, and I'll be honest. And I said, there, I see these guys, and I go, "There's no way in hell I'm getting this part because look at these guys. You know, they're they're, they're creepy." And I understand that. And I'm sitting there going, "Can you just give me the father look?" But for you, you go and you're you're and, and you're a good-looking cat, and you're six two. So you're sitting there with a bunch of six two Italians and Latinos. Right, you're right. in the mix. Right. So how do you make yourself different? Well, that's it. What, what makes Joe different? What makes me unique? What what what? In this script, there's, there's just something a little. You just got to give your personality. You just got to. You got to go. I mean, it's 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 a it's a process. You got to go through each line. You got to figure out what you got to have opinions about the things that you're saying. Because in life, we have opinions about everything. We have opinions about everything we say. Things just don't come out of our mouth for no reason. There's a reason behind everything that we say. You know what I mean? And a lot of actors will just repeat the lines in a, in a casual, natural way, which is fine. You can't figure out what's wrong with it, but you're also not excited about it. So you get somebody to go in there, and they add a little something that the writers didn't expect. That's when they want to see what else you can do, you know. So that, that, that's getting you the small parts. You're, I mean, you've been on Becker, uh, judging Amy. What was like? I would think working with. Did you did you do scenes with Ted Danson? Oh man, yeah. I would and tell me about because it because I said there and one of my favorite shows was uh, Bored to Death on HBO. Yeah. yeah. And it got canceled, and HBO made this weird cutoffs, and also How I Made It in America, a great show. They, they, they sat there, and they, and they canceled all these great shows, and, and, I, and they, they put on nothing. I, I don't watch Game of Thrones. People love oh, it. so good. But I, everyone, you know, I can't watch Game of Thrones now because I'm on Facebook, and everyone, I, know who, I know everyone who died. It's like Walking, walk, walking Dead. I watch the first things. But what the Ted Denson... So you work with, how was it working with him? Because he just seems like, honestly, Ted Danson seems like 
the coolest guy ever. Yeah. He's great looking. He can CSI. He delivers it. Drama. Cheers. He killed it. Yeah. Boy, did that uh, curb your enthusiasm? The guy Everything. just. So you did you do scenes with him? I did. I did. So he, he, I have some good stuff about Ted Dan. So I, I, I get there. I did a couple episodes of Becker. Um, and uh, so every, I, I meet Ted Dance. I read the script first of all. You know, Becker, whatever. It's a great show, whatever. It was, it was, it was a show, very underrated show. show. It yeah. was very funny because he, as I said, right. anything that Ted Danson in is, is great. Absolutely. He had a similar quality that, that Neil Patrick Harris has where I'm going to read the script. I'm going to be like, eh, that was eh. And then I see him do it. I see Ted Danson and Neil Patrick Harris do it. I'm like, oh, they made it very, very okay. funny somehow. I don't know how they did so, that. So Danson's a stud. Danson's amazing. Then what he did during Becker was he had an office that he never used. They gave Ted Danson an office. So during our shoots, because we shot in front of a live audience, okay. during our shoots, he would set up. Well, let me interrupt. Yeah. What is it like, your, your kid from commercials and doing like Judging Amy and the X-Files, what's it like for you? Because you're not the background stand-up or anything. What's it like doing a uh, we'll sitcom? What's it like being a live audience? Did it, did it scare you or what? That was great. I, I love doing plays, so it okay. was great. Yeah, no, yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. So he would set up his office with sushi, uh, alcohol, just this whole little party room. So during the shoot, all the other actors could just go over, okay. party in his room, hang out. One of the actors... Gosh, I'm forgetting his name right now. He was in Swingers. Uh, he played the black, uh, the blind guy on Becker, the black dude. I know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Got a, Alex something or Alex. That's anyway, right. he's a musician. He had a show that night, so he invited a bunch of us to go. And Ted Danson showed up. We all went to the bar, to the club, watched him play at the Knitting Factory. Um, Ted Danson at one point, uh, there's a young girl next to him, uh, and Mary Steenburgen should have been on set, and she's absolutely gorgeous in person. Yeah, she's very pretty, but yeah. Oh, man. But in, and everyone, everyone, everyone's always prettier in real life, and I, I've heard that. Like People always go, oh, you make someone up, but it's like, well, we'll talk about How I Met Your Mother. I'm sure uh, Allison Hagen is cuter in real life, and uh, Kobe Smutter. Oh, really, Kobe's absolutely yeah. beautiful, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah but so, so, so. So, so, so Ted Danson's at the bar, and this young girl is next to him, and he turns around to me, he goes, Joe, I just want to check this out, I just want to see if I still got it. So he goes over to the girl, and he goes, do you ever watch Cheers? And the girl goes, yeah. And he goes, can I have your number? And she gave him his number. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's what it's like. It, it's like the, the, he's so big, and he's, he's very good looking. And the funny thing is, anyone, like, like, like. Jeffrey Tambor could go up to any chick sure. and get her number, because Jeffrey Tambor is amazing, and yeah. he's a... If a, if a girl didn't give Jeffrey Tambor her number, you, I, I would sit there. If my girlfriend didn't give Jeffrey Tambor, I go, Joanne, what, what's your problem? It's Tambor. So, so you do back row, you do all these things, and then so that, and then you you talk. Now, how how I met your mother? You you were heavier. Again, yeah, you're thin because you, you fluctuate. We fluctuate. I fluctuate a lot. Well, you're six two, and you're, yeah. you're 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 dropping probably uh, one eighty. I'm like 195, okay. but I was up to about 220, 225. So how did, okay, so you're doing all these things, I see you're judging Amy, you have six feet under, you're a construction worker, you have this, and you're, so you're playing these extras, basically glorified extras. No, those are good parts. Those are good parts. Six feet under was good. Was it? Yeah. Uh, tell me how about that was, because no, it says construction worker number yeah, yeah. one. Whenever I see, no, I, 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 always I, talk, I always talk, so, so you sit there and, no, no, judging Amy. Judging Amy was, yeah, that was a tiny little thing. And Arliss. Arliss was, uh, that was, uh, but you were Ryan Caulfield, uh, Ryan Caulfield, year yeah. one. That was small parts. Yeah. So, but so, 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 uh, but six feet under, I liked. That, so that, yeah. that was your first big, was that, was you, for you as an actor, did you feel like that was your first big part? The first one was with NYPD Blue. 
and, and it okay. was a, a couple of nice scenes with Dennis Franz and Rick Schroeder, which blew my mind. I heard Dennis Franz is, is, first of all, I've heard, first of all, he's an amazing actor, but I heard he's the coolest yeah. guy you'll ever Absolutely. meet as an actor. And, and I mean, everyone's, every, I mean, Peter Honorati and all the, you, you were in the movie with Honorati, said uh, he's just the, the most giving, yeah. coolest guy there was there was a situation again. This was my first big guest star was on NYPD Blue, and I had the first scene of the episode uh, of the day. It was a six a.m. shoot. They called me at I think five a.m. to to just uh, rehearse with with Dennis, Rick Schroeder, and the director was a gentleman named Matt Penn. So it's just the four of us in a room. We read the scene, uh, and this is my first gig, my first big right. gig, and I'm so I'm just reading. I'm just trying to just blend into the wall while they talk. So we read through it. Matt Penn, the director, says, do you guys have any ideas? Dennis Franz gives his ideas. Rick Schroeder gives his ideas. And uh, Matt Penn's like, all right, so I guess that's it. And Dennis says, no, hold on. He goes, Joe, what do you think? And I was like, whoa. Because you're, you're like, wait, I have an idea, yeah. but I don't want to say it because I want to be a <laughs> yeah. dick. Yeah. Um, and it just, just from then on in, it was like they just made you feel at home. And I think, I think I know that has a lot to do with the success of a television show is the way that the number one guy handles things and that works for Ted Danson that works for Dennis Franz well I, I, I heard um, Ray Bruza was on a show and he was on uh, NCIS and he said when you Harmon's go, supposed to be amazing too yeah he said when you go into something Mark Harmon you sit there and you go holy crap like the whole st and you, you've been on a ton of TV shows so you know sometimes people are yeah the, 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 the crew is pissy he said it's it's the same thing, but you were on Cold Case. You were on Cold Case. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Jeremy Rashford was on my show. Were you, do you have any scenes with him? No, I, I did. A, that was an episode. That was an episode where that Bobby Cannavale was uh, was uh, did a little arc on it, and I did a lot of stuff with him. And oh, I can't remember. She was so nice, the lead lady on that show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, uh, whatever Martin or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So so you do all these shows, and you have Daybreak, which mm -hmm. you. Know, which Daybreak was it a big show? Daybreak was it was a season, yeah. It was it was uh, they ran they ran seven of the episodes. We shot all thirteen of them. Uh, I was regular on that. So what was that like? So you, you step up and you become a regular. Right. You're, you're you're jumping from show to show, yeah. and you're probably yeah. still doing commercials. Yeah. And and what I've gotten from a lot of actors is you don't you don't get a home. Right. And so so you're you're a regular on Daybreak, but did it feel like a home? Was it was it was it? Did. it? Okay. Absolutely. It 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 and it also showed me that that that. Even as a guest, because now I was the guy welcoming the guests. Even as a guest, you got to make sure, like Dennis Franz did for me, you got to make sure that those people feel like they can contribute. Because if they don't, it's not going to be as good a show and the success isn't going to be there. Uh, Daybreak was a great uh, a group of people. It was the same people that do uh, uh, Castle now. Rob Bowman uh, ran it, and the whole crew was the same. And he puts up, he hires people that, Rob Bowman hires people that he wants to work with. He has a no, no dick policy. He doesn't hire dicks. He hires people that he wants to spend time with. See, that, 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 I think it's what I, I I do a crappy comedy every Tuesday at San Fernando uh, Boulevard. <laughs> but I, I bring in five acts, and, and there's six acts. Like tonight, there's six. And um, I bring in people I know. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? I know these people do their eight minutes. When I give them later getting off, I'll come in at 10 o'clock. I make no money often. Mm -hmm. But it's my friend's bar. So I go into 10. We start at 10, 10. And it's a thing. I know I'll give them the light. I'll be out of there. I'll be home. I'll be home. To watch Letterman, eleven thirty, and that's the thing. And I, I, I think that's 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 what's great about Hollywood is you sit there and you go, you have to make a no dick, yeah. you know, thing. So, so, so you do that show, and now were you bummed when the show got canceled? Yeah, of course. Th that being said, I was also told being a uh, the guy who played my partner on the show is Michael McGrady, another character actor that's been on everything, and he's on Ray Donovan now. Um, who's the Ray Donovan? He's the the FBI guy, the big Irish guy. Oh yeah. 
Um, so he was my partner and at, at about halfway through the show. And I was angry at the time, but now I respect that these guys did, the guys did it. Uh, the day of the premiere, the, the show was going to premiere, we had already shot about four or five episodes. But I get a phone call. Me and Michael get phone calls from the creator saying that we just want to let you know before, you know, we just wrote this script and you guys die at the end of the season. So I knew I wasn't going to be back anyway whether the show right. came back or not. But I was also angry that they kind of ruined the premiere for me and the rest of the season for me by telling but but now looking back I'm grateful for that because since then I got fired from a show called Prime Suspect that was on a couple of years ago I, I know Prime Suspect it was uh, uh, Christian Slater no no, no uh, Maria Bello oh yeah okay Aiden Quinn Maria Bello uh, but it only lasted for a season it lasted not even yeah for a season um, but I did the pilot and was hired as a series regular I did the pilot uh, in New York uh, they flew me and my wife out for the upfronts uh, the, the day before the contract, they had to pick up the contract. They called and said they weren't going to pick up my contract. I was out. So that was something that they knew earlier than that, that they waited to tell me. Um, they called me on a, on a Friday night at 6 p.m. when nobody can get in touch with anybody <laughs> to tell me. Yeah. Cause, so they did it in a way that, was, that I didn't respect. The way the guys on Daybreak told me and Michael was, now I understand that was really nice that they did that for us. They told us when they, right when it happened, they told us. So How I Met Your Mother, mm -hmm. you showed up on that, because you, you, have, you have this, you were in 24, mm -hmm. which was like, it's so funny, I, I, a, a good, very good friend of mine, Benny McRae, is a sound man, and he worked with uh, Kiefer years ago, and he said he's the coolest cat, very quiet. But then you see the videos of Kiefer jumping into the, the uh, Christmas tree, and, and I'll be honest, you know, hey, I'm a drinker. Like, like, like I've done shit where, honestly, if, if I was Kiefer Sullivan's status, right. they'd be like, hey, look, Cooper just punched a waitress in the face <laughs> and pissed on the bar. But what was it like working on that show? Because you worked on, you worked on, a, what season did you work? I worked season one, and then I worked the last season. Okay, so but so, so, so you went from it being a little show to being a yeah, huge monster, show. Yeah, like yeah. my girlfriend was watching it last night, and I fell asleep. But so was it? Was it weird just seeing how the whole the span like and how because Louis Lombardi, I don't know if you, yeah, Louis was on it. But uh, how was that? How, how was that? It was great. I, I my scene when I when I worked with Kiefer, it was it was. Uh, I had this whole scene with the and again I'm terrible at names. There's the the actor who was on yeah. Lost who who uh, was in the public eye for a little while because he married a 15 year old girl. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I don't that know. guy. <laughs> but anyway, my scenes are with that guy. For my the most girlfriend's part. 18, 14, 16. There you go. That's perfect. Um, so Kiefer came in while I was dead uh, at the table. He goes, "I'm sorry, we have to meet this way. I'm Kiefer Sutherland," and he walked away. So it's pretty cool. So 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 yeah, you end up on How I Met Your Mother now. Yeah. I'm sure the first you were in the first season. You were you were in all the seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As an actor, because it it, it was, became such a big show, and I started watching it later when my girlfriend was like, "John, funny was show. Like, watch this. Funny it's a show. great. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's actually it's a hysterical show. Yeah. It's it. But when you, as an actor, did you know be so big when you when you read for the part? Did you sit there and go, yeah. "I'll be recurring"? Because you were on like the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Over and over. Did you sit there and go, this is going to be a recurring for, what, nine years? Did yeah. you ever think that? No shot. No shot. Not because it was bad. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was a great idea, a show about, but how do you keep that going? A show about how this guy is telling a story about how he met these kids' mother. How do you keep that going over a course of, you know, I would have thought maybe four or five seasons at most. Well, it's funny. The mother... Is from my hometown, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Is that Christina Mil Miliati? Is that? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I didn't like her. I don't know why. I, I, 
it, she annoys me, and it's awful <laughs> to say. It's awful because she's she she was she was uh, uh, not Emmy. What's uh, Tony, Tony nominated? Award, right? Yeah, and and she was saying that thing, and she's an amazing actress. Uh-huh. But I just didn't like her. I, I don't know why. Because that guy's such a doofus. But but it's, it's <laughs> like it's like if John Cryer and How I Met Your Mother can get really hot, uh, two and a half men can get really hot chicks. Uh-huh. This guy should be able to get. I, right. I, I don't know. But, so 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 how did that how did that role how did that role come up? That's a great experience, like you're saying about having a home. So this is like in between. So this is like I'm not a guest star, but I'm also not a series regular. I'm a guy who's there every once in a while. I'm kind of like that was a good experience for me to a really good experience for me to just be there and watch it happen, watch the development of these people, the development of the characters, the development of the actors playing the parts. Uh, just to be part of this, it is kind of a home, but not really. So, you know, I see I see the way that 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 Neil Patrick Harris and Allison Hannigan, who had great success before that. Um, well, Neil Patrick Harris is so damn talented. Oh man! And it's so oh, funny. Man. He is such a good actor that when he plays, you know, the character, we all know he's gay. Yeah. But he's just like, but you buy him as Absolutely. a ladies' man in, in during Ted and Kumar, and I went to see yeah. a three D one because my friend free, <laughs> my friend Joff had free tickets. You sit and he goes, oh, this gay thing's just an act. But whatever he does, you buy because he's so freaking talented. And he yeah. wasn't like, I, I didn't watch Doogie Howser. I didn't know from that. But he's just so damn funny. He is. And he's he makes incredible. fun of himself. Like, and as I said, Ted Kuma, the first one, he's. That was what brought him back. And, yeah, that was what brought yeah, him back, right? And then all of a sudden, boom. So so you sit there, and now, was it a long audition? Did they say, Here, we want a bartender? What, 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 no. This is this is so I auditioned for a, a guest star in the in the first episode. It was a, it was a police a police officer who arrests them because they're drinking, and that part got written out. And uh, the director uh, Pam Fryman had came up to me and said, uh, "I would like you to do a different part, and this part is probably going to recur." Um, so I didn't even originally auditioned for a different role, and I never auditioned for the bartender. They just was it a long audition process or just no 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 no. Yeah, no. One, they said, yeah. but they but they liked you. Yeah. So they sit there and they call you to see you want to be a bartender. My most, my most, my best roles that I've done have been my s- shortest audition uh, experience. Like the Prime Suspect series regular thing was uh, was uh, one audition. Peter Berger uh, t- brought the tape to the network, so I only had to audition once for that. And then he's like, this is the tape of the guy that I want to hire. And they, they said yes. So, and Daybreak, I think, also was either one or one audition. But yeah, I've never had to go through you know five or six meetings or anything like that. So, so how about your mother? You you, you did the first the pilot, mm-hmm. and you're the guy who owns the bar, mm-hmm. and you're fatter. <laughs> you're fat, yeah. Because I mean, yeah. my girl, my girlfriend's like, she's like, wait, who? And I go the bartender, but she, but we saw you in the mentalist, uh-huh. and she goes, that's not the same guy. Uh-huh. I go, yeah, it is. So what were you two two thirty? You guys about two twenty five, two thirty. Yeah. So how yeah. does it happen as an actor? Do you sit there and it's did you, you did you you're young, yeah, but you're as you said you're an ego. Uh huh. So how do you put the weight on? Well, what it happens? happens for everybody. Were you right? working it's, out? It's, no, no it's I, just... I, I'm I'm 50 years old, and you know what? My my waist has been a 33. <laughs> when I got out of the hospital with heart disease, my waist was 32, and I look at Richard Dodge, right? with AIDS. Okay, because I had a beard. But I, I sit there. But how do you go up? Because because you're a good looking guy. Don't you sit there and go, yeah. what the what the hell? Wait, wait a second, Joseph. You don't realize, you're not, but you're an actor. You. You're an actor. <laughs> you sit there, you because you play the good, yeah, you play yeah. a good looking. So you you you're two thirty. You get the part on a uh, on. And uh, how about your mother? 
and and that, and that recurs every season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do they, they call you? They go, hey, come back, come back, Joseph. Uh, yeah, whenever the, a couple of weeks before the episode, they put, you know, we need Joe available for these dates. It's actually funny because I, I took a picture on my phone the last last time I went in. I guess the costume person made a mistake. The, uh, they, she had my jeans hanging up, the, the the costume that I wear, the jeans that I wear every time I go on. But she also had my old jeans up, and there's a note that says when he was heavier. Oh. <laughs> So, so you lost the weight, and then they yeah. they noticed that. Now, did 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 the uh, did like the crew and all the actors give you shit? No, they because they, 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 I, I would give you shit. I'd be like, yeah. oh my god, you used to be Toby. I mean, it's do you know? Man, but. Do you know? You know Joe Pitka, the yeah. famous commercial director. Joe Pitka is basically the the, the king of commercials. Okay. This is your brain on drugs. He did all the okay. Jordan and Bird commercials. He's done every commercial that you've ever thought was he's good. Big. He's amazing, and he's this crotchety old dude he looks like Frankenstein he's like 6'6 he's 75 years old in great shape plays basketball he's the only person who I showed up to, I, he, I work with Joe a lot I, I showed up to a commercial set one day uh, and he goes he goes what's that because you put on some weight huh I go yeah he goes uh, all I gotta do is uh, put a sombrero on you now <laughs> he says to me because <laughs> he's like a fat Mexican he says to me I was like Jesus Joe <laughs> so you're, you're on High Met the Mother and it's a big show now how did the medalist because it's so funny because I actually I, I enjoy the medalist, mm. and and you were a corrupt dick. Yeah, I'm sorry to tell you that. Yeah, yeah. But you were a jerk, and I think you you wanted to be nice, but you were a dick. But how did that role come about? Because you're sitting there, you're doing. Does CBS know you? And they go because because it's completely different. Because right. you know you're not a fat bartender anymore. Right. You're 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 a a a dick cop. Yeah. And yeah. I, have you ever, but, but in, in day, Daybreak, what was your role? Were you a cop? Daybreak, I was pretty much a mentalist. Same thing. Dick, so, 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 ex-cop so, who's a bad so guy now. you've been getting cop roles and been Always bad guys. Yeah. Now, but in real life, you're not a bad guy. Like, no, you're, like when, we, when we get done, you're going to stab me in the head. Even no, though I don't, no, want the, no. I don't want the Nets to win. Okay, I, I don't want, <laughs> Who are they playing? The Heat. Now the Heat. They oh, swept them this screwed year. Screw the Heat. I hope the Nets win. Yeah. You know, my, my, my call is people just you know you're going to sit there, bet your money now, Wizards, Blazers. That's the final. And you're, you're, if, if you bet that right now, you will, if you bet $1,000, you'll win $200,000. Uh, so so, so you, you're doing how I met Mother. And yeah. you're going back, so you're on the lot. Now, yeah. now Mentalist doesn't shoot. What, what does no, Mentalist shoot? Well, because uh, strangely enough, How I Met Your Mother shoots on the Fox lot. Okay. So it's a Fox show, even though it's a CBS show, it's a Fox show. Had more of a connection with 24 than it does to the okay. Mentalist. Like the people, the the the, the higher ups and how I met your mother had more to do with like they could even be like, yo, you did a great job on Twenty Four, where they don't know anything about the Mentalist. But Mentalist, Mentalist shoots in probably Vancouver. No, or? shoots over here. Shoots oh, in uh, it yeah, does. yeah in the valley at uh, like the studios over there. So so you sit there and you're doing how I met your mother, and they know you know it's a Fox lot, and they know Twenty Four, and they know you and all this. How do you get the Mentalist part? Just getting called in from the people, uh, uh, Eric Dawson, one of the casting directors that uh, has hired me for Daybreak, actually. So just after twenty years, there's you know there's there's Eight or nine guys I count on to bring me in okay. all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you get the part. Now, were you a fan of that analyst? Never watched it. Never watched yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think sometimes that, that's better for an actor when they they haven't watched it. So you go into the mentalist, and it's it's it has a huge following. Absolutely. And these were the culmination of the of the yeah. This was the this, red this was the red the red dawn yeah. or red dye. Yeah. Whatever. You got to work with Xander Berkeley and Michael Gast, and it was fantastic. So you go in, and. Was it recurring when you knew it was it? recurring? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so what does that make like, like an actor? Because so many, so many times I've had actors on the show who go, "We came in from one episode." Like David Higgins is the king of that. He comes in for one show, Mike and Molly, and 
you know, whatever. And he goes, and then we just, he goes, I just wrote it out. But yours, you knew it was recurring. For the mentalist, yeah. But How I you, met your mother? No, though. How I met your mother? They, they said it might be. It might be. I never knew nine years. Yeah. So what's like, did you ever bartend? No. So no. you just, you played the bartender? Yeah. So the mentalist, though, I mean, you're handling a gun. and is, is it physical work? Is it hard work? Or, or, or I mean, that, what's it like as an actor? Because you have to actually handle, yeah. I, I was in this crappy movie where I, I handled a gun. Did they take you to the and range? Said, Did they teach you to, how to no, use it? Or? Uh, <laughs> uh, it was so low budget. They gave me, and we, me, me and the other guy were shooting it. Like wasn't had bullets, and the uh, AD, which ADs people just know as the assistant directors are always pricks. Uh, he's in there going, "Hey, you guys, you're 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 hurting a hammer." And I'm like, I'm like, shut up, we're the talent. And it's the only time I ever said in my life because I knew that. But this guy was such an asshole, and he was also the stunt coordinator. But uh, for you, but you're, 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 it's a lot of action. The, yeah. the, 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 the mentalist, you're sitting there and you got to wrap people up and, and you're wrapping people up and you're, you have the gun and you're, you're shooting people. Did, did, did you get shot? I don't know. Uh, yes, I got shot in the church. I got killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did you have the uh, squib? They did, but I was wearing all black, so you couldn't see anything. They so, but what's that like having to screw? I, I, I get different things from actors. It some, depends. Some it depends. say yeah. they go, it's like, it feels like a little shock. Yeah. And yeah. they, were you, but were you were you bummed you were getting killed? No, I knew I was getting killed. That, that was just that had to happen. That had to happen. I've gotten killed so much. It's yeah. No, the first time I get a squib, it's like whoa. But now it's I don't even notice it anymore. So you do that. My wife cannot watch me get killed. By the way, she, can't. she hates watching me Why? get killed. It's just I don't know. Unless she you're in an argument, <laughs> she's like, yes, <laughs> goddamn it, Joseph got killed. How long have you been married? Uh, three years. Three and how'd years. you meet her? Uh, uh, she used to work at Jerry's Deli, and I used to work at Jerry's Deli in we, in Beverly Hills. We never worked there together, but we had mutual friends. We met at a board game night. Okay, you were a waiter. Yeah, I was a waiter, absolutely. I was a waiter absolutely. at Planet Hollywood in Beverly Hills. Very nice. And, Very nice. Uh, how do you memorize that goddamn menu at Jerry's? That's like the, <laughs> that's know, like the world's. Not people, you know, people, you know, this is like the world's biggest menu. Yeah. It's huge. It's like it's like it's like we're, we went out the other day. Me and Joanne went out, and we're like, oh god, thank god the the, the it's were you a good waiter? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I, I think I, and just to be honest, all the all the waiters and I, I was a waiter. Then I was a uh, I was never a restaurant manager. I was a corporate marketing manager and all that. But um, I think people who are good waiters out here are good actors. And I I, th I think the, the people who are shitty waiters who are so bitter never do anything. Their well, isn't that suck? I'd like to think that's. I mean, I'd like to think that if you take you know. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna do something, be good at it. You know what I mean. So what, what do you? You sit there and and, and, you, and you wake up every day. You, well, you teach acting. Mm. So 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 how did that come about? Because you sit there and you and, and as we talked earlier when you first came on, we talked about how some actors teaching or bullshit. Right. How did you get? In, how what, what made you sit there and go? And I can tell because you're very charismatic. But what made you sit there and go? I can teach. I've always, I, I always help friends with auditions. That kind of stuff is how it's How, how do you help a friend with an audition? Well, somebody's audition, I'll go over lines to them. You have any ideas? Yeah, I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of ideas about that. I, I enjoy that process. I enjoy the audition process. I wish it was longer. I wish we had longer than a day to go over the line. You know what I mean? Because for those of you who don't know, you, you get a call the next day, you have an audition. You could have a, an entire script to read. You could have, you know, 12 pages of dialogue. You could have one page of dialogue. It's the next day and you got to get ready. So um, I enjoy that process. I enjoy thinking about it. I enjoy figuring it out. Um, 
so when I, and I found I was always good at it. And sometimes when I would have big sitcom auditions, before I was confident in it, I would go to a lady named Leslie Kahn, uh, who's a great sitcom, a great acting teacher, but she specializes in, in, in sitcoms, I think. And I would go get coached by her. And she's very good at it. But I, I, would, I would go and I'd be like, I, could, I think I could do what she's doing, maybe not as successfully because she's been doing it for so long. But I can do it. So it, it kind of was, was weird for me to say that I could do it because I kind of felt like a jerk saying, you know, Right, I, I know what I'm doing. I could teach you, but I have a friend, uh, Matt Armstrong, who's another character actor like myself who works all the time. And the both of us wanted to do it. So, like, you know what? We're two working actors. Let's do it together. If one of us is working that day, the other guy takes over. If we have an audition, the other. So it's a nice little marriage there, to where we have these two working actors teaching class. So people take class from working actors, and it frees us to to if we have something else to do, we could do it. Um, and it was a little nerve-wracking for the first couple of classes, but once I realized oh, I, I, I can do this, I'm digging it. I'm digging so, it. What, 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 okay, what do you do if, if someone just sucks? I've, I Thankfully, I haven't gotten that yet. They haven't? No, not yet. But not yet. How do people find you? Because they sit there and they go... It's word of mouth right now. It's word okay. of mouth. Yeah, that's so why I, so I want to keep it. I, yeah. But you enjoy it? I do. So you Very enjoy much teaching? So. Very much so, yeah. So what, what, what's coming up in your... Uh, in, in, what, what's going on besides How I Met Your Mother's Done? The yeah. Manalist, you got you got shot and killed. That's right. So when 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 these projects, because the mentalist would probably call you on, on the drop of a dime, right? And, and you always know, hey, this is work, and you know, you, it's great because you get to pay, yeah. You get the residuals, and yeah. it's like, yeah, it's my little thing. Yeah. But when, when, and then you get ki- killed in the other show. Yeah. So so is that scary as an actor, or, or, or do you sit there and go, or go with the horizons are open? Because I I worry all the time, like I'm gonna run oh, out yeah. of money, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna be, I'm gonna be broke. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, this this beautiful townhouse I live in, I can't I can't go to the football game. I, I oh God, it's like you know, I need more advertisers and stuff like that. Absolutely. What do you do as an actor? No, it's the same thing. I, I wish I could figure out how. I, I, every day I feel like, all right, I'm never gonna work. After every job, I'm never gonna work again. They're gonna figure it out. They're gonna figure out that I'm just no good. I'm never gonna work again. Um, but you know, I mean, it's it's been 50, 20 years and it hasn't stopped yet. So no, no, do you still go for commercial auditions? Because I do. Because I've heard like Jamie Keller, who's been always on uh, my boys, and he's been. No, I, I I texted him the other night. I'm like, dude, I just saw you on the uh, uh, Affleck commercial. <laughs> Absolutely, a lot of people think they're above commercials, but they're so lucrative. It's like absolutely. You know what, Steve? It's 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 Stone Cold Steve Austin said it best. I think he said, "There's no such thing as a bad job." I feel that way. I'm a hardworking guy. Uh, uh, I I went in for I did the bling ring, but not as glamorous as as Sophia Coppola. Not as glamorous as it may sound. I was a police officer number one, basically. This is two years ago. This isn't a long time ago. Uh, So I went in for the audition, and the producer's looking at it. He goes, "You've done everything." I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Why?" why do you want to do this? And I was like, there's no such thing as a bad job. I was like, you're going to pay right. me to, yeah, I'll, I'll come in and do a Sophia Coppola movie. I don't give a shit. What are you gonna, yeah, you know? it's like me. So yeah. I, I did I did a Calvin Harris video. I don't know who he was. He's huge. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you, I was hanging out. I, I hung out for 10 hours. I got, it was non-union. I got two meals. And I got paid 300 bucks. What I, else are you going to do? I, what else I, are you going to do that I day? I said, well, I said, most people, you know, a guy making minimum wage will work his ass off and make three hundred twenty-five dollars before tax. I just yeah. got to check for three hundred because yeah. they put the agents fee in, and I was like, "That's the way it is." Yeah. Absolutely. So what's coming up? Anything? We, we, few, we, we did, have a few minutes left. Yeah, yeah. So, so TV, who knows? Whatever comes up, it comes up that week. But uh, yeah, few, uh, there's a uh, the West End the, with Peter Onorati, uh, Peter Onorati that we shot in Jersey right before Sandy. Yeah, it's a movie. Absolutely. Uh, again, I, I saw. Movie. I saw in the. Uh, 
up front in the Hollywood Reporter, it had an ad an honorary. Oh, cool! Was, oh, excellent, on, excellent. Just a few months ago, it's uh, it's uh, it's something I'm the, uh, a character that I'm really proud of. It's a, it's a Sant- it's a Sonny Corleone kind of thing, bad guy, charming bad guy, uh, which I love doing. Um, there's a movie called uh, uh, Shangri La Suite that I just did, kind of a one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of thing. And then there's one uh, that Tristan Patterson directed that I think is going to be really good of a true story about that British guy who who's used to have a furniture store and then he wound up robbing banks in the 80s I can't think of the name of it but uh, those three movies which are all gonna I'm, I'm pretty proud of them coming out so you have, you have West End and uh, what Sunchoke Sunchoke yes yeah, Sunchoke by Lodger Films thank you my brother actually produced it thank god you know yeah it's post-production with Sunchoke psychological thriller actually looks very 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 good very creepy uh, lead actress was from Freaks and Geeks and she does a fantastic job and what do you play I play uh, police always a police officer Steve right. always detective so what's up with the Nets now, now, now I, I gotta Yes, yeah, we have three, we have three yeah. minutes left. Now, you're a kid from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Knicks fan, and, growing up. Okay, yeah. so what's with the Nets at? How, how, do you, how do you sell your soul out? Well, this, become, I'll tell I, you. I, 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 don't, I don't agree with it. I'll tell you. So, Brooklyn. Brooklyn is Brooklyn. Brooklyn's not Brooklyn anymore, but when Brooklyn... When I heard it's up, the now. It's like, it's like it's, there was Spike Lee Brooklyn, now yeah. it's Silver Lake. Yeah, yeah now it's I don't like hipster. it anymore. Nobody it's talks not, like this anymore. Bed, bed, bed Stetson or whatever. My girlfriend grew up in Staten She was from one to five. She was Staten Island. Yeah. And one to seven, and that was different. Now, I mean, I used to perform at Staten Island at Grandpa's Comedy Club, and it's different now. It's, it's not the mafia. Everything's different. It's every- yeah. So uh, Nick's with Nick's with Madison Nick's with Madison Square Garden, Manhattan, right? So I was a Nick's fan. Manhattan though is a bunch of rich kids. Manhattan isn't. Manhattan is like Beverly Hills. I'll compare Watch it that what way. What you say? My niece lives on Fifty Fifth and Sixth. <laughs> is she a rich kid? <laughs> it's my brother. It's my past life. And yeah, Lauren's a rich kid. She goes to uh, uh, Marymount in New York. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. But as a middle class, my dad was a fireman growing up. I was a Knicks fan. Now, when somebody convinced me when 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 Brooklyn gets a team, why am I going to cheer for the rich kids? I got to cheer for Brooklyn. It's your team, man. You 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 don't jump. Okay, okay. Here's the deal. I grew up, I'm an Eagles fan. Mm. I grew up 10 minutes from Philadelphia, and I always get in arguments that, yeah, I'm not from Philly. My parents are from Philly. I live in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. If the Giants came to Camden, New Jersey, I wouldn't root for it's them because they're story. the Giants. No, because when you're a Nets fan, you the can't. Knicks you don't hate the Nets. The Nets were. were oh, were, my God. You have to hate them. They're the same division. And you're wearing this goddamn hat. And, and you know, I sit there, and, and I know you're from Brooklyn. I, I, I did my research, but. You can't, you can't, as Dice Clay says in a commercial, you can't mush words. You, 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 you can't be a Knicks fan if you're from, uh, you can't be a Knicks fan. If you're <laughs> Do people get pissed at you? No, it's understandable. It's understandable. Right. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you, Steve. Um, now, how, how do people get in touch with you? Do, do, do you tweet? Uh, I do, I do. I'm trying to start to do all that shit. But yeah, Armstrong, Armstrong Nieves Studio, just for the record, that's the acting class. Armstrong Nieves Studio. Dot com? Uh, dot com, absolutely. Um, uh, my website, Joni, actor, Joni, Joni Eves, actor.com is a good way to get in touch. Well, I want to thank you. It was great. It was great meeting you. And uh, people, uh, so hit them up. Hit them up. And uh, also, uh, uh, hit me up uh, at Cooper Talk on Twitter. Also, if you send me an email, cooperindy100.com, get your Google and Android phone out. Go to the uh, Google Play Store and type in Cooper Talk, and you can get the app. Also, iTunes, uh, iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Check it out. I got like 250 episodes, which if you if you want to go past that, go to uh, coopertalk.net. There's 251 episodes. I just posted the Ty Tabler. Uh, next week, it's a great show. I have uh, a, a Reed, Reed Diamond, a great character actor. 
And I have uh, Clive Arrington, who used to be uh, the lead singer of When in Rome. So please keep listening. Steve Cooper, Melanie Smith is my guest. Remember, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. I'm going to lunch. <laughs> 